All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure and an honor to come together today again for another program of Real Talk with Ian and Ian. And uh, today is really a special program for me because um, I have a great privilege of training and running alongside um, one of my favorite all-time greatest runner, um, and his name is Bashawn Batman Jackson. So today we're gonna. Uh, I, there's so much to talk about, so I just want to kick the program off just to say that um, Bashawn is here today, and uh, this is, a, as I said, a true story with his daughter, who is following and trying to emulate his father's footstep. I believe he's going to be better than his dad, so I just want to publicly <laughs> declare that. <laughs> so you know, we just want to give him the glory and honor, and we want to let him know that man, we we appreciate everything he's done. Um, I took out my USA act today for for all the fans watching, and a show the respect and honor to to my former training partner. So we're gonna let Ian say a word, and then we'll just um get Bashan just to introduce himself and then we'll just get into the program. Well, good afternoon to our fans, our viewers, wherever you guys are watching from across the world. We're just pleased this afternoon to be able to bring to you two wonderful people, father and daughter, who are able to inspire and inspire the world, who have basically graced the track with their God-given talents. And tonight, I am just so pleased to be a part of this panel, to be here uh, in an interview that have two Olympians over the distance of a 400 meter hurdle. We all know that a hurdle basically is challenging. You know, barrier being set in your way and you have to overcome them if you're going to get to victory. And I just want to say I really appreciate it. But most of all, as a young father, to just watch Bershon and his daughter to watch the way that he has basically played such an influential part in her life, you know. Just to see her coming up in the footsteps of daddy, you know, that made me feel proud with two young fathers, a young father, you know, it gave me somebody to look up to. And, you know, with that said, I have some big questions for Bershon in terms of being a father. No, I'll come from that side because you realize I'm still the two top Olympians here. I ain't going to get in that water. But welcome, please. Welcome to this broadcast. And I hope you guys will be blessed and you guys will definitely be motivated. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you guys for having us. It's a pleasure. All right. Thank you, guys. So today, as I said, we got Bashawn Jackson and Shanti Jackson. Guys, I don't know which one to start with first <laughs> because they're like, uh, they're, they're two legendary Jackson in, you know, in, in, in rehabbing right in front of us. So we just want, I'm going to start with Bashan um, because as I said, he is more, he's like a brother to me. And um, I'm really, as I said, I appreciate that he give us the opportunity to share this, this truth, this, this story here. So Bashan, First, I just want to know about the name Batman. We just want to know where that name come from. So we just want to we just want to start off with that. Please, uh, please once again, um, thank you for the opportunity. Um, thank you for having me on. So the name, name Batman came when I was ten years old. 
Um, they said I had big ears and I fly when I run. You know what I'm saying? And wow. the nickname kind of resonated around 10, 11 years old. And I hated it at first because, you know, at first I felt like it was an insult. You know, then they broke it down basically saying, like, you know, Batman didn't have too many gifts and gadgets. But, but he, he was a hero through the night. Like, he was quick on his feet and, you know, he executed everything as far as, you know, protecting people. So, you know, the big ears and his his philosophy of what Batman stands for fit me well. All right, all right. Awesome, awesome. So before before I talk about um, Shanti, we, we want to, um, we, we, we have a little video of her um, accomplishment here that we the question. I just want you guys just to look at this race. Underway, it is Jackson and Jackson and Shanti taking the lead. James coming along with her, but it's Bat Kid all the way. And an 11 and a half, and that may be a new record. It is 11.57. Shante Jackson knocks down Kalen Whitney's old mark by two hundredths of a second. And, you know, it's real simple in the 100. Out of the blocks, up to speed, keep it turning over. And she does it that well. And I'm sure Batman is happy right now with that. 11.57, James and Ice, 11.85. And Kenner, 11.86, quality field. And another record at J.O.'s. And, of course, we periodically we have to add the disclaimer. All records are pending, becoming official. All right, guys. So, Shanti, I'm going to ask you another question. First, welcome to the platform. I know this is the first of many interviews you're going to be doing because a lot of people don't realize that you are so talented. I actually did some more research, and I, I didn't know that you were so versatile in 100, 200, and 400. So, first, I just want you to say, who is Shante Jackson? Just tell us um, where, what, what, who are you? And you could just introduce yourself and say, oh, old are you? And uh, just say, uh, what, what school do you go to? My name is Shante Jackson. I'm 15 years old from Raleigh, North Carolina. I go to Wakefield High School and I do the one, two, and the four. All right, all right, guys. That's awesome, man. I just love to hear that. I wish I could just replay and just echo, and it so sounds so diligent. So, Ian, um, now that um, we have the Jacksons on stage, um, what, 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 what would you want to find out about them? Well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna start with, with with the kids, man. That's where I'm growing, you know. So, <laughs> Shanti, that I really wanna um, find out from Shanti. How much daddy influenced her in terms of her um, track and field um, career, you know, starting into track and field? Was daddy an influence to you or you just realized that, guess what? I was born for the tracks. Okay, so, well, I, I had went to one of his track meets and they had a youth section and I just wanted to run. 
And they got me into the meet, and that's how I know, like, I wanted to do track. How old were you? I was like five. Wow. Four or five. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's so, 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 I, I, I went to an indoor meet, and a lady by the name of Tanja Beautiful Bailey was the meet director. So Shanti was crying. She was three turning four this, this particular year, and she was crying to run, and it was only eight-year-olds. So she said, well, let her run. Let the eight-year-olds go by first, and then we could throw Shanti on the track, and then she could run, but she won't get ran over. But to put everything in a nutshell, we put her on the track. We let the kids pass by, and then we put her on the track, and we gave her a baton. And she just ran, but she blew past the eight-year-olds at three-year-olds, and tugged, and we we all was in total shock. We like, wow. did you see that? Did you see that? And I had the camera record, but she ran so fast, I put the camera down and just started screaming like, run! Like, did you see? Like, and it was one of them proud dad moments. So I think from there we knew, okay, wow, this kid might like track and field. Wow. All right. That's that that's a story. I, I just imagine myself on, on that, that line. As, as you did, I dropped the camera and running after her. <laughs> right. So now yeah. I'm you know, as I said I'm gonna focus a lot on Bashan because as I said, we have a lot together and I a lot of these things I I always never get the opportunity to officially um just ask him but I wanted to ask him about, I wanted to move back to his high school. I know that he went to Jamaica um, to compete in the World Junior Championship in Kingston, Jamaica. So, um, and, and Bashan, as I said, he's a, he, he traveled all over the world and he competes um, in many different countries. So Bashan, go back and explain to us um, what was that experience like competing in Kingston, Jamaica at the World Junior Championship in the year 2000? Two, I believe. Two, 2002, yes. Um, yeah. I, and uh, I'm, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to step back one step and lead up to that moment. But, you know, I was a kid that didn't have much promise in track and field. You know, I, I was decent. I always been a small guy, you know. And thanks, Lord, to um, a guy named Jesse Hope who invested in my life. And he installed so much in me. He's seen a lot of me I ain't seeing myself. And... Um, and I never thought track and field was my destiny. You know, um, at one point when I was 13, 14, I was just, I just couldn't win. I wasn't having fun. Um, and it, you know, I didn't think that track and field would go as far, the, far as it went. But, you know, to put everything in a nutshell, my junior year, I ran cross country. And my coach said, don't quit. Let's keep working. Let's keep trying. And I let kids know, I let my kids know it's the journey. You know, because we always think, okay, it's going to be instant gratification. I'm going to win every time I step on the track. But we all face adversity, you know. And my adversity was 13, 14, 15 years old when I was not making the finals at the Junior Olympics and not one of the best kids, not even mentioned. So my junior year, I ran cross country to do something different. And I had a really good junior season. So I said, you know what, my senior year, I'm running cross country again. And I ran cross country weeks and – when I say I was unstoppable, like, I don't know what it was. I don't know. My mindset always been strong. Always been the warrior. Always been fierce. My work ethic always been impeccable. But, you know, I didn't 
it didn't really resonate to me that track and field is my thing until my junior senior year where I started getting college offers. And on my mom's side, the family first in my family to get my college degree. So I didn't look to go to college because it was just so routine that people didn't go to school. But then I started getting all these colleges coming to recruit me. And I'm like, wow, I think I might be good in track, you know, you know, all right. and, and but when they recruited me, um, and I'm lead up to Jamaica, but when they was recruiting me, they wanted to make me a quarter miler and a 200 runner because the 400 hurdles, I was too short and I was too short for the 110. They said my, my structure and the way I run wouldn't yeah. really last on a long term in the hurdles. So I was like, no, I want to be a hurdler. Only one who wanted me for the hurdles was South Carolina and University of Florida. But yeah. um, I ran 300 hurdles in high school and I ran 35-3, which I ran at that point was the third fastest time ever in the history of the sport. And okay. then I ran the 400 hurdles qualified. I ran 50.3, my first 400 hurdle race. And then I go to Jamaica, and my mindset, I'm always going to win weeks. I'm going to win no matter what. And I didn't really train because I didn't know nothing about the world juniors. It was a lady named Miss Kamani said, you should try for the junior trials. And yeah. I said, well, I don't know if my parents going to send me there. I, I, I'm not sure. So Coach Jesse Hope said, I will pay for you to go to the junior trials, not knowing what this meet stands for. Yeah. So I go to the meet, and I win the junior trials. In weeks, I had no idea. I was just so illiterate when it came to track and field. I didn't watch the Olympic Games. I didn't, you know, track just wasn't everyday life for me. And I make I win this team, and they said you got to go register for the team. I said, "What team are you talking about?" He said, "You made it to the World Juniors in Jamaica." I said, "That's what's up, going Jamaica." So <laughs> we had a free meet in the Bahamas. So we all met up, Team USA, to get my USA gear, and I go to Bahamas. I'm like. Man, like this is amazing, and yeah. then I go to the world juniors. But the run you through the world junior race is I get there and I'm like, I'm about to win this sucker. Like, I'm gonna train hard and I'm gonna win it. So, we got three rounds. I won every round, I won the prelims, ran 51 high, semis 50.5. The finals come, and I got the fastest time going to the finals, and I'm like, okay. This is it. Like, I'm about to do some crazy stuff today. Like, um, I was always that hype, energetic guy. But I never in the history of my career been in a facility with so much energy in my, my life. I could be in the Olympic Games. I could be in the World Championship. It was just overwhelmingly amazing. It was packed. And people couldn't get in no more. They were jumping over the gate. They were jumping over the wall and getting into the stadium. And the stadium was electrifying. And it was a kid by the name of Little. Last name was Little. He made yeah, the finals Greg, from Jamaica. I think it's Gregory, Gregory Little. Yeah. Gregory Little. He made the finals. So it was crazy. Like, the, the energy in the stadium was like, like something I never felt before. And I'm a young kid. At this point, I'm 18 years old. Yeah. And... It was me, it was a guy named LJ Benzil, it was a guy named Kenny Ferguson. We was like the main three people was looking at. And I'm like, I got this race in the back. And my Achilles heel was, I ran 300 hurdles all season, not 400 hurdles. So my stride pattern was a little bit off, but I got out the, the race weeks and I took out the first two hurdles and my I went blank. And I came around the home stretch and I was winning. 
and I got to the ninth hurdle, and I stutter step, and they shot past me. Then I caught up to them, and I stutter step again because I ain't have no stride pattern. Yeah. And only thing I remember from that race is I tried to catch them over the last hurdle, but I ran out of out of room, and I gave up at the end. I was, a, you know, and I teach my kids take. I was a sore loser, right? And <laughs> and and sore loser meant I hated to lose. So I trained so hard to be great, and that's a good characteristic, and it's a bad characteristic, right? Because uh, yeah, yeah. we teach character, you know, we teach our kids character, we teach our kids integrity, you know. And I passed the line, and I ran fifty flat, fifty zero zero. The guy yeah. who won ran forty eight eight. The guy who took second went forty nine three. And I was out front. I was I, I was gone, right? And I think to myself, like, man, if I wouldn't have stutter step, I probably could have ran forty eight seconds. Yeah. And I was I was upset. I got third, and I was pissed. And I ain't want to get the medal. I ain't want to go to the war ceremony. Like I was that type of kid. You know, I'm a kid from the projects. I'm from Miami, Florida. I'm from a rough area, and we was we was raised a certain way, and. I was raised I want to win. You know, I want to make a difference in weeks. But, you know, the grand scheme of things, I got the 4x4 gold medal and I got the bronze medal and the 400 hurdles. And I think that kind of started my career because when I when I first turned pro and started to go a little bit further is when I first went pro, they told me I was too small for the 400 hurdles. Yeah, They told yeah, me my stride yeah. pattern won't work. Analytics, yeah. The analytics said the fastest anybody ever ran was 47.9. Yeah, so shoe companies didn't want to invest in me because they said I got so much room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. So shoe companies was kind of hesitant because they yeah. say, "Well, this guy's short. He's 15 strides the whole way. He would never be an Edwin Moses. He would never be um, a fast 47 guy. He'll be the best he can do is 47.9, quote unquote, the analytics." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I had a tip on my shoulder my whole life. My, I, I felt like I always had to prove something, and I. Yeah. Went to school and I got my degree and track and field saved my life. And yeah, yeah, once yeah. I started my professional career, world champion, 47-3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to ask you a little bit about that. Yeah, we're going to ask Go you a little bit about the, um, you know, because you, you got so much history. We just want to back it up a little bit um, just to see where it all started. And then we just want to, we want to move along a little bit um, just to find out about, because we know that. You went to um, one of the top schools um, in North Carolina, um, traditional, historically black school. And, uh, you know, and we got, that's a long legacy because we want, we want to also just to let everybody know about um, your great coach that I have the privilege to train with also. So after the World Junior, um, you got a little taste of this thing. It was like, man, um, you know, for what I did, I didn't even train. I didn't prepare. I didn't know what I was getting into. And then now when I get into it, I'm like, man, these guys, um, you know, these guys are preparing for this all year. And um, I just went ahead just because I want to go to Jamaica. And then now I'm yeah. just like, man. <laughs> so I get the um, the whole um, sore loser thing because, you know, everybody want to go, you know, any good person if you go in the war if you go you want to go prepare you know you know but the good thing about that i i know for sure that that inspire you to move on to bigger things so after the world junior you mm -hmm. came back home so 
Uh, what was your decision? Uh, what in at that time? I know that a lot of colleges was after you. So, what what were your choices about going to uh, a D one school, and and how did you um, end up at Saint Augustine? Um, good question. So, after my decision to go to school, um, originally I thought about South Carolina. South Carolina was was my choice. It was a coach by the name of Jesse Hope, was best friends with Coach Williams. They grew up together in Miami. Coach Williams from Miami. And I know nothing about St. Paul. And it told me the tradition, Antonio Pettigrew and Jerome Young. And it was a list of Olympians that went to the school. And <clears throat> this coach said, I always was by your side. He said, I won't steer you wrong. Do me this favor and go to my friend in North Carolina. Like, you won't be disappointed. So I said, all right, I'll try it out. You know, this coach has been there for me. And I get there weeks and it's nothing I imagined. I imagined going to a, a huge school with AC in the dorms. It wasn't no AC in my dorms when I got there. Thousand student college. The track was old and ripped up. And I'm like, oh, what I got myself into. Yeah. But it's the moment I stepped on campus and I met George Williams, my whole life changed. Because um, I make the best decision I could ever make in life. You know, I tell my kids, it's not, it's not where you're at, it's where you're going. You know, we took, we put so much emphasis in D1. We put so much emphasis in, you know, going to a school that have history. But, it, you know, it's up to you. It, it, you know, you're in control of your own destiny. And when I went to St. Aug, my first year at St. Aug as freshman, I made the World Championship team in 03 in Paris. So I go from the World Juniors 02, yeah. 19, I go to, I go to the, um, as a freshman in college, I go to the world championship. So it happens so fast. My first race, yeah. even competing the foreign tournament in college, I PR. Then I PR and I PR again. I'm like, okay, uh, I think they're going to be all right. Things you know, starting to take off real fast. So how was, yeah. we, we don't want to, I want to get Shanti. I don't want her to be that bored. Um, I know she's listening to you and because one day she's going to be making her decision also, and I know just hearing the pros and the cons about schools, this is gonna I know, help her to, to, to make the best decision for her. So we, we just want to touch now a little bit about Shanti. So I'm gonna ask my co-host here in to, to give Shanti, um, you know, warm Shanti up for me. Okay, Shanti, so just listen to your dad. Basically, dad just, Basically, I say it, 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 it just happened by accident that he actually uh, realized his potential as an athlete. But hearing from you, at four year old, you wanted to run. So that is totally different from daddy. In that, at four year old, I guess you realized that you had something inside of you in terms of your, your athletic ability. Okay, so since that time, and was it that you started to you know, concentrate a lot on running or you just let it go by? How did you um, develop further passion for the sport? You want to break it down? I, I just started taking it serious. Like when I was younger, I was just playing around, having fun, and just doing random meets, running random events, trying to figure out what events I'm good at. And then now that I'm in high school, I'm trying to take it like a little bit more serious. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, I, I realized you, you're good over three distance, basically 100, 200, 300. But I know 
if athletes they, they have they have their, their their pet event, what would you consider your pet event of the three distance? Uh, probably the two hundred. <laughs> All right. It's not too long and it's not too short, and it's like it's like just right, like just right. It's like if you mess well, up, you have time to recover. Okay, okay, great, great. Well, that Ian, that just tell her how good she's gonna be because I mean to have that type of range to run the 100, 200, and four hundred. Honestly, I don't know. We don't know where which one she's gonna do. <laughs> Um, later on in life, sometimes it's not the one that you like. Sometimes it's the one that you um, you get better at, and you see the bigger opportunity. So um, I know when I first started out running, I I wanted to run the eight hundred. I didn't I didn't want to run four hundred hurdles because I mean it's like why would I want to run hurdles? I'm like you know I just want to do something easily. So when my coach was like, look, weeks, I think you should try the hurdles. I think. Um, it's easier for you to get on the junior team and try to make the world junior and go on that. We have a, a big tradition from my high school. So I was like, okay, I'll try it out. So I ran the thing and um, I ran it, ran it. And I saw, oh man, I naturally was good at it because I used to be a goalkeeper when I was younger. So I used to jump, so I, I got a little range and I'm tall. So, you know, I, I just really excel on that and train on that stuff. So. But the question that I want to ask Shanti, um, I know that right now our pet event is the 400, but I wanted to find out what what is like. To, what is it like to be running, knowing that your dad was so successful? I mean, how what you do to motivate yourself? Obviously, you you have a from a family that you've been to so much. Um, you've seen so much with track and field. So you know, just for you, what exactly motivate you and just tell us about your um you know your training you know how, how, how much do you train uh i train three times a week yeah i train three times a week and i just wanted to run for myself i don't really think about him as well people be like oh you just running because your dad wants to run because your dad runs he probably forces you to run because he ran not really. He really he didn't want me to run track at first. He didn't want me to follow his, his footsteps, but I just wanted to do it. Okay, awesome. really I, 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 I know that you're very athletic. Is there anything do you do what other sport do you do? And just just give us a, a little thing about how diverse you are, because I said I know that uh, everybody might think that you just run. So just just let um, the fans know um, what else you do and what what other accomplishment do you have? I play soccer. I play soccer right now. And I did a little bit of basketball. Tell me how good you were doing soccer. Uh, in soccer, I averaged three goals a game. Wow. And I was the four for the past two years. Okay. So you look like you would go scorer. So what position do you play? Are you a striker? Stri striker and right forward. Oh, man. Awesome. So for all the little kids that's watching this program right now because this program as i said is designed for families during this period obviously we know that a lot of family is home right now what would you say how do you balance training and school doing track and football um how do you balance all of that um i go to well, 
track and soccer, I make sure they're in a different season. So track, I do, I do fall, fall soccer, and do track in the summer. And I just go to school, and then after school, uh, I have track practice, and then I go home and do homework. Or if I'm doing soccer, I go to school, I come home, do homework, then go to soccer practice. And on the, oh, on the weekends, the games and meets. Okay, good, good. I got one more question for you to add on that. That. So what similarities you notice about yourself um, compared to your dad in terms of athletics? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think he was more – we don't – we're not really the same. We're, like, the total opposite of each other. Like, from when we get ready – to, to our event. No, 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 no. So, I think the similar my they kind of elaborate on, on your question. I think the similarities is her work ethic, her work okay. ethic, her approach. Um, for me, I was a killer. Like I wore the track and I smelled blood, and what? I tried to install that. You know, for her, it's it, it's it's like a developmental thing, right? You know, I, I try to. You know, I don't want my kids following my footsteps, but if you're gonna do it, we're gonna do it the right way. So I teach my kids work ethic. You know, I teach her and I teach all my kids work ethic. I teach them mindset. I see athletes go to Olympic Games being in the best shape of their life and choke. So I teach her the mental aspect of the game, you know, performing when the lights are on, right? So yeah. the, the similarities is she's becoming that kind of, you know, creature where she want to just rip your head off. She's, she, you know, she's a, you know, silent assassin. And um, also, I feel like her her approach, her approach to the game, her, her stride pattern, her um, her work ethic, like I think she get a lot of that from me. You know, I think that's the similarities. You know, if I say come through here at a minute, she'll come through at fifty nine. Okay, okay. So I think that was always my philosophy. You know, which you know best. I you get out what you put in, and I worked hard, and I teach my kids. That same type of work ethic, that same type of approach. So I think, as far as the similarities, I, I think it would be, you know, now the difference is what she's trying to um, elaborate on is I was hyped before the race. I was like, let's go. And she's like, <laughs> she's calm and she's like sitting down and she's like twirling her thumbs. But she's ready to roll when it's time, when it's time, when the lights are on. But, okay, you know, okay. it, I think the similarities would be the work ethic side. Yeah. Um, the way she run, the way she run, remind me a lot of myself. The way she, run, the way she runs, you know, it's like man, that's me reincarnated. Yeah. Well, that's really She gonna throw a leg fall off because she hated the four hundred. I made her a quarter mile because I know to be a great sprinter, got to be a good quarter mile. So yeah. I'm preparing her for later on. I'll make her run the eight hundred. Mental. It's a mental yeah. aspect. Yeah. yeah, but that's awesome, man. So since she's since he's so calm, wonder can you just let us just let us know one of your playlists that you listen to before I race, Shanti. I know that you uh you know you be chilling and you on you listen to your music. Can you just um just let the, the fans know we only want one. We're not gonna tell them all, all, all the secrets. <laughs> the main person I listen to when I I mainly listen to. I was to a lot of Billie Eilish before I ran. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. So, so yeah, so Batman, we're gonna we're gonna come back to you. Um, and now that you um 
been to Senog. Um, what was your accomplishment? What was your biggest accomplishment at Senog um, while he was there and you know under the guidance of um, legendary coach George Williams? I think the biggest achievement I had at Senog is um, getting my college degree. I'm the first in my family to get my college degree. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of school. Um, I preach to my kids all the time. Uh, what happened when the sweat dries? You know, I can be the best athlete in the world, but without, you know, at some point that's going to be over. Then what's next? So I think the biggest achievement was getting my degree. As far as on the track and field side, I didn't lose a single race in college. Not a single race. I won the 200, the four, anything I ran, I won. Um, I went 20.3 in the 200. I ran a, um, a whole bunch of 40. Five lows. I didn't really yeah. run as I many to break forty-five seconds, but yeah. you know I was uh, a great athlete. I think that that was the biggest achievement is making everybody around me better. Three of four, three out of four of my relay team went pro. Oh, okay, you guys okay. probably never knew. I, I I set the standard. I trained, and at one point, you know, my teammates were like you trying to impress the coach. Nobody knew who I was, and. I trained and I worked and I was like, I'm not trying to impress nobody. I'm trying to go pro. pro. Yeah. I'm trying awesome. to, I'm trying to take care of my family. So, okay. uh, so that the was achievement though was getting my degree. Okay, so that that's awesome, man. So all the listeners out there and all the young kids and all the collegiate kids, and I know that I I want to say something. And I want you to give an advice. For, for the young kids in college right now, just to hear from you, because you know, hearing from you, that means a lot to them. So 2003, you, I mean, you run for St. Augustine and you, you won the national championship. Um, and then, you know, I, I want you, we're gonna move on to 2004, which, you know, um, I know you probably not want to talk about too much, <laughs> but um, it's, it's, ju just before that, I want about. you to- It's good to talk about. Yeah, just before that, what advice you'd have to, to, to a young collegiate athlete right now that, that's running and going to school? What advice would you have for them? Apply yourself. Apply yourself. Um, set goals for yourself. A lot of kids don't set goals. A lot of kids have no expectation of what they want to do. And I think, you know, setting a goal you have something to shoot for, you know, you have something to achieve. And for me, I set a goal. Um, and for most, it was unrealistic, but for me, I thought it was doable. And I set this goal weeks and, and I tell kids all the time, anything set your mind to, you can achieve. So, you know, my thing to any collegiate athlete, any high school athlete, set a goal for yourself, never sell yourself short and work hard every moment you get. Cause you never know, like, you know, a lot of kids, I hear kids say, man, I messed up the first three years of my high school season. And now I want to be serious in the pandemic hit. So, you know, I, I always train like it was my last. And I always treated everything like it's my last because you never know what tomorrow may bring. So, you know, setting the goal for yourself, you know, holding yourself to a higher standard than everyone else. And, and you know, and shooting for shoot for your goals. You know, don't, don't be afraid to, you know, set your standard higher than you think because my standard was set. I set the bar high and everybody who I affiliated with told me all freshmen say that. I went yeah. pro as a freshman. All freshmen say they're going pro. All freshmen say they're going to run fast. But I really believed it. So if you, you know, if you believe that you can achieve something, can nothing stop you? 
That's 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 my suggestion to them to any collegiate high school. So we're gonna move on along. So you know, obviously you have a successful career. I'm pretty sure that um, coach coach Wishy could have had you for three or four more years, <laughs> but 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 unfortunately, um, you we move on to the 2004 season, which was the Athens Olympics. So Bashawn Jackson coming out, he, he um in college he made the team in 2003, went on to represent the United States. So 2004. Everybody's looking for you to win the Olympic gold medals. Tell us what happened <laughs> at the um, trials. Um, 2004, 2004, everybody expected me to win. Like, you know, I, at one point I had the fast time in the world. Um, I went over to Europe right after college and I was bumping heads with Felix Sanchez. And I just knew, okay, I'm about to make my first Olympic team. And it, it, it was funny weeks because. I did a presentation when I was in the eighth grade and I said, I was going to the 2004 Olympics. Yeah. And I get to Olympic trials and I'm favorite to win Olympic trials. It's like, man, my dream button become reality. Like, wow, I dreamed this. And I'm looking at this paper and it said 2004 Olympics. So I win my first round weeks and I win my second round and I got to the finals and weeks. Once again, I had an episode of Jamaica. I don't know what happened. Um, you know, it's one of them things where I needed growth. You know, I needed more time. I was still young. I was wrong. I was 19 years old. And I got to the last hurdle, the eighth and the ninth hurdle. No, it was the last hurdle. I got to the last hurdle, stutter step, and crashed the hurdle. And I was, you know, only thing I seen is the finish line. Okay, I'm winning. And all I hear is, Bershawn Jackson winning, Bershawn Jackson winning. And all I hear is, oh. And I crashed the hurdle. And when I crashed it, I broke so much momentum and I tried to recover and I went from first to second to third and got in fourth and the fourth mm. got caught. And then when the third guy caught me and I got in fourth, I tried mm. everything in my way. He was right here next to me. The times was the second place was 4808. I'm sorry, 4805, 4806 and 4808. Second, third, and fourth. So for me, it was devastating weeks. It, it was an experience that I needed to go through. It was an experience yeah. that um, I don't think I really learned from because I was young and I was ambitious. And I was like, you know what? Next year, they're going to have a problem with me. Yeah. I'm going to learn my stride pattern. I'm going to learn how to become a 400 hurdler because I didn't know at that point. You know, I would just, I didn't have no stride pattern. I didn't know I was taking 15 strides. I was going, it just running. I was just running. Yeah. I was ambitious and I was like, I just want to win. So I had to sit down and come up, make my coach had to come up with a plan. Like we're going to have a plan and we're going to stick to this plan. And that's 2004 season and 2005 season came around with a new and improved version of Batman Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So, so 2004, I mean, guys that's out here that's watching, but Sean Jackson, 2004, it went down uh, as a little disappointment for him. So mm -hmm. now this is a this is a story that is a redemption, you know. And I could and, and I could relate to that that um, you know that every year it's a new season, and uh, every year you try to come back better. So even though 2004, it still was a Batman was just coming on the scene. I mean, he didn't make the Olympics, so I know that got to be inspiring <laughs> for 2005. So. 
So let us know about 2005 because, guys, this man was number one in the world <laughs> in 2005. Yeah. After disappointment in 2004, he was the world champion in Helsinki, Finland. Now, I, I could tell you about that race that anybody that know about track and field, this race was run in the rain on a wet track in a cold temperature, <laughs> right? I mean, literally, everybody knows that track and field is outside. And literally, guys, I mean, realistically, when you do all the conversion, this possibly could have been a world record race based on the, the, the condition that he has to run into to run that mm. time. So tell us a little bit about what 2005 year, that redemption year I've made for Bashan Jackson to come back and win the world champion and be number one. How that how that keep you in your career? Um, so it started at the Grand Prix Finals. It was a meet in 04 called the Grand Prix Finals. And I ran 47.8. I finally cracked 48 seconds. Yeah. That meet set it off because it's like, okay, they told me the analytics said 47.9 as fast as I can go. I went 47.86 and PR. So I went home and I and I took my month off and I came 2005. That fall in 04, I came with a different mindset. I came with a different mindset. I came with a different, you know, um, for some reason, I don't know if it's the Miami culture, but I was a party. I like to party, you know. That's just me. I like to party. I like to have fun. And that fall, I can remember not even having a, a sip of liquor. No drinks. I drank water. I hydrated. I ran my miles. I did my abs. I, you know, I did everything to a T. I learned, I went to a guy named Ralph Man, me and Coach Williams, and I, I figured out a stride pattern. I figured out everything was broke down to a science. And my first race, I ran my fast season open ever, 48.5. My second race, I go to Japan, drop 47.60. And I'm like, oh, ooh, here we go. You know, and... I think that set it off. And every race I ran after that was 47, 47, 47, 47. And I took my first defeat that season because I messed up in the rounds, right? I overthought and my coach, you know, it wasn't my coach. It was me. My mindset was conserve energy and wait for the finals. So I settled for third place. And that's my, that's my immaturity, right? And I settled for third place and I ended up drawing lane one. So when I drew lane one, Karan Clement was fresh out of college. And he he knew that I was the guy to beat because I was dominating that whole season. And he yeah. went 47-2. And I ran 46. I went, I went 47-6 out of lane one. I went 47-60 out of lane one. And I I was upset because I lost. But I'm like, you know what? I made the team. It's a relief. You know, I took fourth last year. Now it's time to go to the world championship and show the world what I'm made of. And I get to Helsinki. And I can just remember weeks when I went there. I don't know if it's ambition. I don't know if it's arrogance. I wasn't leaving Helsinki without a gold medal. I had it in my mind. I had it in my head. And I said, you know, I'm going for a purpose. Leading up to Helsinki, my, I felt like training was so easy. Like, I was coming through 45 through my 450s. I was stepping down over the ninth hurdle at 37 mid. And I'm like, this is fast and strong as I've ever been. I'm ready. So Coach yeah. Williams said, you know what? Practice over. My first round weeks, blow it out. Yeah. Second round, I jogged 48-1. When I say I jogged, I came off the ninth hurdle, 
and I looked around and put it in cruise control. And I jumped the last hurdle and slowed it down a little bit more. And I stopped and that clock said 48-1. And I was like, whoa, like I was, I was excited. Like, wow, like I'm about to run something crazy tomorrow. And the heat after me came back and ran 47-8 and then 47-7. Like three of them went 47 that heat. I was like, oh man, it's about to be a hot finals. So we, um, the morning of the finals, I was nervous. I was overwhelmed and did my, my regular um, ritual. Woke up, ate breakfast, took a nap, ate lunch. Tried to take a nap again, ate a late afternoon lunch because I was the last, I was the premier race. I mean, the premier race. So we went off, it was the last race at 1030. Now we get to the stadium, it's pouring down raining. They delayed the meet. Yeah. And then they delayed it some more. And then they canceled the 100 hurdles and had to do it the next morning because you still had three finals, which is the 800, the steeplechase, and the 400 hurdles that you had to come, had to compete. So if they run all the meets, it'd be three in the morning. So they canceled all the other races, and we waited, and we waited, and it was storming. You couldn't even see because it was raining so hard. Tracks was puddled. So mm. we had to keep stopping our warm-up, and we had to wait. We warm-up again, and we had to wait. Then they postponed the meet about an hour. And I just remember me staying calm the whole time. Weeks. I, I didn't budge. I didn't. I, I had no emotions. I was just ready. I was like, I'm ready. I, I went off my race plan like a million times. I'm going to get out hard for two. I'm going to back off just a little bit. At five, mm. I'm going to go. Like, I'm going to stay on top of the herd. I'm still aggressive. I'm still on top. And I think I owe a lot to Dad Tomasu. Dad Tomasu okay. pulled me through that because he get out so hard. I said, I'm going to let him pull me through. The first 200, and I'm like, my athletic ability take, take care of itself. And I can remember being puddles, and I can remember Felix Sanchez false start to take me out of my game. Not just me, the whole, anybody in the lane. And, he, and it was that one false start rule charge to the whole field, and then yeah. the whole false start next is out. So Felix Sanchez, we knew that was coming. But I was ready regardless. Wow, he false start. Get up, and I take my last deep breath for weeks. I remember getting out. Executing the race on point. I executed the race to the T and I got to the 200 meter mark and I went again. And then my teammate James Carter pulled up on me and I just knew I was so confident that season. I knew no matter who came beside me with two hurdles to go, you would not beat me. And I crossed the line first in weeks. I was happy, but once again, I went to Helsinki to get this medal. Yeah. So it wasn't the joy. I would have felt if I'd have won the latter part of my career. You know, it, it was it was mixed emotions. It's like I did what I supposed to do. Yeah, I yeah. did. You know, I did what I supposed to do. I came here to get this gold medal, and I got it. And the biggest thing was that forty-seven-three took me by surprise. I didn't know I was running that fast. I didn't think yeah. about no time. I didn't think about no weather. I just wanted to win. And I think a lot of kids don't understand weeks, like you said how fast that is running 15 strides the whole way. 15 strides, people watching, girls do 15 strides. The little Muhammad run 15 strides. Sidney yeah. McLaughlin run 15 strides. You know, so for a guy, a male to run 15 strides and, and be that efficient, to me, I think about it now, it's like, wow, how did I run that fast? And I ran 47.3 quite a few times in my career. Yeah. So um, Helsinki was definitely a redemption year, yes. Well, that's definitely, guys. I think that um, Rashawn Jackson is really 
a wonderful kind guy. I think that um, he proved that um, you can't go in numbers and, and, and stats and all that because, look, whatsoever God make you, you could be the best at that. You know, whatever God make you to be, it's not a limitation. You could use that and be the best of that in anything that you do. So uh, what you did out there, man, um, I always admire you, always applaud you. I mean, I know that, um, you know, you one of the first guy I'm not seeing. I mean, I know that your story will inspire a lot of runners in the, in, in, you know, that's coming up that like, if Bashan did it, I could do it, you know, so you paved the way for, for a lot of people coming up. I just want to touch a little bit on about Sonia Richards Ross in, in, uh, in regarding to, uh, I personally know you, I know that she is a good friend of you. And um, mm -hmm. so just tell us a little bit about your relationship with Sonia Richards in terms of, um, you know, your guys' journey from high school and what type of rituals you guys, do you guys travel a lot? I mean, what do you guys do when, you know, before a race, you know, just let the fan know that um, a little bit about Batman. Yeah. So first, before I talk about Sonya, ask her who a god mom is. <laughs> All Who's right. <laughs> so Sonya's <laughs> Russell god mom. So it shows how close we are. Um, you know, it started in um, high school. High school, we was really, really close. And from high school, we went to college, and then from college to professional. But, yeah. but um, you know, we helped each other get better. You know, she's a very dear, dear, dear to me, and I think, I think you know, I think we're losing your audio a little bit. Um, yeah, I think Bashan has a little bit of audio issue coming from his side. Um, so, um, guys, um, but just to let you know that, as I said, um, just um, I'll give you a little history until you get back on 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 um, on track. Um, so, so Sonia Richards Ross is the Olympic champion. Um, that um, Bashan and and Sonia has a history going back from high school, um, you know. So that that just to tell you that um, the type of person that Bashan is, so, you know, we we just believe that um, you know people becomes friend. It's not by accident, you know. Um, I know that um, Sonia inspired him in a lot of way, and I know that he inspires Sonia, you know, in track. You know, whenever you got teammates in college, you feed off, or even high school, you know, you feed off each other. Like, you know, if one's starting to do well, another one starting to, you want to keep up. So, Ian, I mean, during, until Bashan get back, um, just what, from what you're hearing from Bashan, I mean, you know, what type of athlete do you think he was? Well, basically, listening to Bashan and knowing that, you know, you guys take your um, career professionally to the highest level. You guys are both Olympians. But as I listen to Bershon here, I can hear three things about him. He's a leader. You know, he's a leader in himself. All right? And also, his mindset. You'll realize all the talk he talk, he'll be talking about the mindset. You have to have a positive mindset. And yeah. he will tell you from the beginning his background. He, he wasn't from the, the, the best neighborhood, it seems like. But yet still, he had a mindset that, guess what? 
you identify this talent, I'm going to work on it and I'm going to be the best. You know, he decided he, he'll have to be the best at what he does. He's going to give it his all. And if you listen to him, even in, in his kid, he's telling you that, guess what? If you're going to do it, you're just going to do it. It's just like the Nike brand. Just do it. You know, there, there, there's no time to play. If you're coming on here and you want to run, you're going to go and be a beast at it. You know, nobody's just going to come and beat you. You got to be the, the trendsetter there. And I got that from him also. Realize, so basically work and integrity, Ian. We will be coming from Stets. And you know, work and integrity. That's a foundation. He did not go to Stets, but he has that foundation, work and integrity. He was willing to do every single thing possible to be the best, even with failure. And, and, and the failure that he failed, a lot of athletes would take that as an achievement because he realized he came third, he still medal, came fourth. Yeah. You know, and he, 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 he looked at that as a failure, but many athletes would, on a world championship stage, uh, Olympic year, just finishing fourth would be good. Just being in the, in the top eight in the country would be good. And you realize that he even had a bronze medal, but for him, that was not good enough. And he knew where he went wrong. And he was able to go back and apply it. You see, he said, hey, 2005, man, I going to dominate this thing. He yeah. is going to dominate. He already said he went there with the mindset that, guess what? Goal, that goal is mine. I don't yeah. care. I don't care if it rains, if it hails. It doesn't matter. And if you realize it rained and it hailed, and he decided that, guess what? This goal is mine. So the mindset that he, he went in with, you know, it, it, it's telling you that that set him apart from the rest of the athletes. He beat every athlete. Simply means they're saying that his height was not, in, you know, was not the best for this. But guess what? He proved them all wrong by being 47 three. You know, that's 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 a, a, an unheard of time for athletes of his stature over that distance. So you realize that definitely this man is a leader. He is, his mindset is a winning mindset. You know, he, he, he is determined. And I said, work and integrity. He put in the work and you realize you give them the result. But the best thing about it that I love man, is the fact that he was able to overcome all those obstacles. Because I know, you know, when, when somebody sets up to be the winner, and, and it is hiding. And you go there and you did not put perform to your feet. It's gonna hurt you personally, but then yeah. it's what gonna stay around you. Mm -hmm. And I know you would have to go through all of this. But yes, next year, we we'll guess what? Yeah. I am gonna dominate. I don't care. Hail Ray, I'm taking all that blue medal. I really appreciate you, man. I thank you. I take my back. Bashan is back with us, Ian. Are you able to see him? Yes, he's back. Okay, okay. Okay, welcome back, Bashad. So um, we know that there was a little technical difficulty and um so but uh, I'm sure we're happy that you're able to come back in. Um, you know. So just just to recap a little bit, um, you know, obviously we went from the two thousand four to the two thousand five season. You redeem yourself. Now so now this is the funny part. So everybody know what it's like to, to be defeat and know to be a champion. So now you be in the world championship. Describe a little. Well, let me take that back. We were supposed to talk about Sandy Richard Ross <laughs> um, a little bit. We want to describe your your friendship with Sonia 
How does that mean to you? How was that important to you during your track and field career? No, it was very important to have somebody um, that's like-minded next to you, that's very ambitious. Um, we had a ritual. Like, we prayed before every race. We, we hung, hung out before every race. We ate breakfast together. We ate lunch together. We, you know, we had our pre-game hike session together. And then from there, we prayed. And, you know, you know, it's something we did our whole entire career. You know, so, you know, um, it's always good to have childhood friends and share the same memories, you know, the same heartache. Like, I was with her when she got the bronze in the 400, and she was destroyed. And I was there, you know, holding her hand, and she was there when I fell over the last hurdle and didn't make the final. So, you know, to have somebody in your corner, such as yourself, Weeks, because, you know, you was a huge piece to the puzzle as well, having, you know, friends, you know, building friends along the journey and having people by your side that care and say, man, I love you no matter what, you know, I couldn't ask for a better situation, especially with Sonya. You know, um, this is where you find people from the same area, and you grow up and you and you achieve the same goals, and she ended up being the American record holder. So, you know, I just couldn't ask for a better situation, a better story. I was in her wedding, you know, and um, my kids, her God, her God kids, and her kids is my God kids. So, you know, yeah. um, she's beyond amazing. So just for me, how did this friendship started in Wayne? Because I know that you guys are from uh, in the same track and field district. But uh, tell us a little bit about how did it start and when? So 11th grade, it started. It started about 10th, 11th grade. We started our summer track. Been the same summer track. We should move to Jamaica here. And we ran summer track together. We had all local meets. And it's, it all kick-started. went to New York, to the Armory for the New Balance Indoor Nationals. And was only two from Miami. We knew each other from the local area. And we hung out with each other. Like, we was there. It was just me and her and her parents. And, of course, we went to the junior trials. And we after that meet, we started hanging out, right? Being friends. Then the junior trials and the world juniors were our friendship elevated. And then went to college and we kept in touch. And we talked all the time. And that same passion that we had for each other as far as friends just kept resonating as we we moved up together. Like, you know, I did one year of college, she did two years of college, and we made every team and every time we made every team together. So we had our little group. It was me, Sonia, Lauren Williams, Wallace Spearman, and LaShawn Merritt. Because we were the young kids of the group. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that was our little – because everybody else, we had married – at the tail end of her career. You had Maurice Green at the tail end of his career. So everybody was leaving out. And we, you had that new group emerging. So, you know, it, like you said, a relationship started very, very young. You talk about 2000, two, year 2000. So it's been 20 years we've been together. Yeah, 20 years that we've been friends. So it's a blessing. Two decades. Man, that's awesome, guys. Everybody know how it is to have loyal friends. And loyal friends, I mean, it's better than any amount of money that you want. You know, uh, better than you know, friends. Good friends are better than pocket money. And so this friendship is more like uh, it's 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 everything in one. <laughs> you know, it's a sister. You know, it's a um, a friend. It's a um, it's somebody that encourages you. You know, somebody you could lean on. Somebody that you could that knows you. You know, so it's always good to say um, thing. Ian. I have a question. 
Yes, uh, before you move on, since uh, we're on the relationship uh, part here, uh, uh, first on the discussing relationship. So, you know, I want to ask, I don't want to leave Shanti out here. So, Shanti, you know, in terms of relationship, I know a father and a daughter relationship is something that nobody can understand because I am going through it now. I have a two, two plus year old and a seven months old daughter. And the relationship that we have, it, it is next to none, man. It, it brings so much joy to me. So, but what I want to know from you, Shanti, in, in terms of off the track, I'm taking you off the track. In terms of um, relationship with your father, off the track, what stands out most to you about your father as a father? Um, how your relationship with, with, with your father off the track, you know? Um, what stands out most? Like, what you love most about me off the track? So, off the track, he's like very fun and outgoing and crazy. And it's like every there's never a dull moment with him. And like we're like, we're actually pretty close. And like we just always have fun. We could just be sitting out in the house, and he just makes it fun. But that I know is so, much, so important for our fans here. You know, a father and daughter relationship is so important. And you know, just listen to Bershon as he talks. You know, I know he's, he he has to be a super positive influence to um, Shanti. You know, because personally, I listen to you talk, man, and I just feel the energy that is radiated from you. There's no way she can in that house, and that energy is not just all over her. So really proud of you as a father, man. Yeah. Go ahead. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Hey, Shanti, so I have a question for you again. Um, and this is, um, we try to know a little bit about you. And exclude Bashan and Sonia. Who is your favorite athlete? I, I want to exclude your dad and your godmother. Probably <laughs> uh, English Who? English oh, gardener. She said English gardener. English gardener. OK. 